One of our favorite guests, and we don't chat with him as much during the offseason, but there's a lot going on in the NFL. NFL writer for The Athletic, it is Mike Sando. Good afternoon, Mike. Thank you so much for joining the show today. Yeah, doing doing well here. Thanks for having me. Where is, by the way, where is uh, your location? Where, where, where I have no It's so funny. I talk to so many guests from all across Canada and the United States. Half the time I have no idea where they're talking from. Yeah, so I'm in the Seattle area. I grew up in Northern California, uh, but I've been on the West Coast of the U.S. for a long time. So, yeah, that's where I'm coming from. I, years ago, I'd covered Seahawks in the late 90s and, and the 2000s, and then I went to ESPN. I've been at the Athletic for almost four years, but I haven't had to move around because in this world nowadays, they don't care as much where you're at, right? So I've just stayed here, raised yeah. family in the Northwest, and, and no regrets. Brilliant. Okay. Um, you mentioned Seattle, so we're going to talk all about uh, Russell Wilson. But we're going to call you right back, Mike. Your phone line is sort of cutting in and out a little oh, bit. It's my oh, producer. no problem. I'll text your guy a different to call me on. Okay. Here we go. Oh, okay, perfect, perfect. I love it. We're we're doing we're we're doing uh, on air producing on air, which by the way I am all for. I am a big fan of pulling back the curtain. So we'll get Mike Sando back on. And yeah, the 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 the, the big story is that uh, Russell Wilson. Apparently, the uh, there was reports coming out there. Now Russell's Russell Wilson's camp is denying it, uh, but that he tried to get Pete Carroll and John Schneider fired um, and asked Seattle's ownership to fire the head coach and the general manager in February of 2022. Weeks after that, he was the one traded to Denver, and both those gentlemen still remain in their job, and they did make the playoffs last year in that crazy run with Geno Smith. So we'll ask him about that. So, Mike, why don't we just start uh, there? We'll start on the the good city of Seattle. Uh, what can you tell us? Because it was reported from you guys. What is like? Uh, what is going on with this story about Russell Wilson trying to pull a Kevin Durant? Well, I think we've seen in the last few years that the relationship between Russell Wilson and the Seahawks was on a little bit rocky ground. There were uh, reports in each of the previous, at least two, maybe longer off seasons that you know he didn't see eye to eye with Pete Carroll. He wanted more of a pass-oriented offense, those sorts of things. So. If you take what what we reported, that it, this kind of culminated uh, in February of 22, well, that'd be one year ago, with Russell Wilson kind of in frustration going to Seahawks ownership to uh, try to have the head coach, Pete Carroll, and general manager, uh, John Schneider, replaced. Uh, then after that, what would have happened, remember the scouting combine is late February, so that's where after the owner of the Seahawks decided not to get rid of the coach and GM, uh, the leadership of the Seahawks met with the leadership of the Broncos to work out a trade. Uh, and then first week or so of March last year, the trade happened. And then our story picks it up in week one, 2022 season, Denver at Seattle. Schedule makers know what they're doing, right? They, they put the <laughs> Seahawks against their former quarterback. And then before the game, Russell Wilson comes out on the field and he's seen – you know, talking to and embracing all these people except for for the head coach, Pete Carroll. They're, they had sort of an awkward kind of embrace after the game, handshake embrace, but none of those pleasantries you would expect. And I think you can probably understand why, because of yep. the way that it ended there uh, uh, in Seattle. And then the story goes on to 
you know, get into some of the issues that were in Denver, which Russell Wilson was part of, but certainly there was a lot of things going on there uh, from injuries to uh, coaching staff to, to everything that made his first season in Denver much less successful than anyone could have anticipated. Oh, God, yeah. I remember that first game. All Everyone was uh, was betting on Denver and Geno Smith, really, this guy? And, wow, what a season those two teams had. I think one of the takeaways from all of this, because, you know, there'll be denials and this was fabricated and there'll be, there'll be spin on this, is good on Pete Carroll and Seattle and whoever to keep this story quiet for so long. I mean, every now and then there's always this you know, little story here or there that, oh, Russell Wilson wants to throw more and Pete Carroll wants to run more. But they win a Super Bowl. They go back to another one. They do plenty of winning. Whatever the animosity was going on, it felt like it was kept kind of under wraps. Yeah, I think it really came to a crescendo the last few years because, uh, you know, remember early in Russell Wilson's career, they really were, he was good, but they were a defense and run game, win, win the game yeah. that way. And Russell Wilson could do great in two minutes, but it wasn't really on his shoulders all the time. Uh, and I think what happened in the more recent years was, hey, you know, the defense wasn't going to be historically great the whole time. Marshawn Lynch, the tremendous running back, uh, you know, retired. They had injuries at running back. And, and so Russell at that time matured and kind of came into his own and was seen as a top-tier quarterback. So he has always had uh, big plans for himself, right? He's always wanted to be you know, the next Tom Brady or Peyton Manning and kind of inherit that Drew Brees mantle where, hey, the offense goes through me. Uh, you know, uh, it's kind of about me, right? I'm the, I'm the CEO quarterback. Willing to go only so far because Pete Carroll wants to win with defense and running game still. He wants an efficient quarterback. He doesn't want to go through you know, the quarterback. So in Denver, they kind of embraced the, hey, well, you know what? We'll get you Aaron Rodgers' old coach here, Nathaniel Hackett, and uh, we'll make it about you. And now after yeah. one year, that's over. <laughs> and I think Sean Payton, we'll see what Sean Payton does. I mean, he's an excellent coach. Uh, but he always had a good running game for Drew Brees, too. So yeah, maybe he can get and, the most out of Russell Wilson. And maybe a lot of it just comes down to having Javante Williams healthy, and 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 we'll and we'll see. You know, it's funny. Like, it, it's a lot easier right now, and just some of the the press, uh, some of the meet, uh, press reports, and some of the um, uh, Russell Wilson talking after losses and the let's ride. Like Russell Wilson is weird. He became a bit of a punching bag, but I think overall, I'd, I'd love to see him back to the peak form because it was a fun version yeah. of of, uh, of Russell Wilson. If we want to continue to spin the wheel of what the hell's going on where with them when it comes to quarterbacks, and we're joined by Mike Sando, NFL writer for The Athletic, I'm, I'm so curious, I think you are as well, is what happens with Lamar Jackson and Baltimore. Uh, on the one yeah. level, the guy won an MVP, and when he's been healthy, Baltimore does a lot more winning than losing. And you can also say the, the Ravens, they're like dead last in the NFL over his years in terms of the money they spent on receiver. So they never fully gave oh, yeah. him enough weapons around him. But then the other side is the um, just not just how aloof that he was being away from the team, always getting, you know, getting injured a lot. Like there are both red. There are red flags on giving Lamar Jackson all the guaranteed money. But then on the other level, there's the big red flag of you want to be one of those teams that has the answer who you got at quarterback. I'm curious, Mike, where you where you fall on all things uh, Ravens yeah. and Lamar. 
Yeah, I think it's a very difficult situation because they're obviously much better with him. The points you made about the receiving core, no doubt about it. I mean, they haven't given him the best chance to be, uh, you know, a more consistent passer. But at the same time, that's almost a result of he has such special gifts as a runner. You lean into that. You build your whole offense around it with the run game. You can't have everything, right? (laughs) So they've had a good defense and special teams and all these things that help you win the game. But – as a quarterback, when a quarterback has great success early in his career, uh, it's natural for him to want to, uh, you know, have it be more about him as a passer, right, and, and all of that. So you have a defensive or special teams head coach and John Harbaugh. You have an organization that I think was willing, has been willing to pay, uh, to pay Lamar Jackson, but not give him the Deshaun Watson fully guaranteed deal. So there's a lot of it's complicated. If you're Lamar Jackson, why shouldn't you ask for the Deshaun Watson deal? You should, right? Because yeah. uh, you've been better than Deshaun Watson, and certainly more recently, uh, and you're not in trouble with all these off-the-field things. You've been a model citizen. So he should ask for it, but it doesn't mean you're going to get it. And I do wonder, if you just if we look at the history of roster building and teams and how teams have won, and again, it's another reason why, why Patrick Mahomes is clearly the best quarterback. You know, you pay him all the money, you lose the, one of the best receivers in the game, and they still have the best passing game in town and win the Super Bowl. That's what elite truly looks like. Um, yeah. And by the way, I'm not saying, oh, shame on Lamar Jackson for not being Patrick Mahomes, because we could say that about 30 other starting quarterbacks in the NFL. But I do wonder the dangers of giving a guy who the last three, four years, he's missed a lot of games, 33 touchdowns to 20 interceptions, to give him 250-plus million in guaranteed money. I understand why Baltimore is that hesitant. What everybody hopes to have is the feeling of almost partnership that Kansas City enjoys with Patrick Mahomes and Buffalo enjoys with Josh Allen, where yeah. those guys got really good contracts, but the contracts weren't a story unto themselves, right? I mean, Mahomes got the whatever, 10 years, $500 million, but but there's a lot of flexibility and wiggle room for the team within that, right? He's going to get his money. He'll probably redo the deal along the way and get even more. But it really wasn't about him being able to come off the contract and say, I got the best one ever, right? So there's a little bit of give by him with the understanding and trust of the organization that we're going to do everything we can with our coaching, with our, the players around you, uh, to give you the best chance to really uh, do it, right? And I think, uh, you know, in the case of Lamar Jackson, uh, it hasn't gone as smoothly along those lines lately for, for a range of reasons. I think one of the really underrated factors in all this was the pandemic. You know, when, how much time was spent away from the team by everybody at a real formative time of his career? And so we're wondering why are these fractures appear to be there? I think there's a lot of those types of things at play. The other thing is uh, Lamar Jackson does not have an agent. And I think when you have an agent, uh, certainly you can do a deal on your own, but when you have an agent, things become less personal, right? Yes, that agent yeah. can go to the team and sit. That agent can go to the can go to the GM of the team and say, "You guys are high. What are you thinking?" And that agent can go to his client and go, "Look, we're not getting that right." You can have an honesty level. Whereas if you remove that and those people try to say those things to each other, <laughs> it's personal. 
And I think yeah. that's a, another challenge on top of this uh, for the Ravens that they have to navigate. So I think it's going to be difficult. I think it'll be franchise tags. I think there'll be talks of potential trades. Uh, and I, I think they are having a hard time really connecting with him. And part of that is, you're right, needing an agent. I, it always felt like a red flag. And it sounds like, oh, good for you, having complete, excuse the word play here, agency of your career financially. But, man, yeah. there is advantages, uh, certainly, of having one. Um, Mike, I'm curious. I feel that if Derek Carr goes to the Jets, it'll be a wild failure. Do I think that yeah. because it's the Jets? Or do I – you tell me why I'm feeling this. Is it yeah. because I just don't trust what the Jets do, or is it because of Derek Carr? I think it'll – a little bit of both. But I think that wherever Carr goes, it could end up just being a disappointment anyway. Uh uh, for the most part, I think the, the expectations of the Jets, uh, you know, cars, uh, personality in that market where there's so much scrutiny doesn't seem like a great fit. Um, I do think he's a good quarterback, but I think he also sort of leaves you wanting in the end. Um, the interesting thing about the Jets, let's just play a little devil's advocate to, to what we're saying yeah. about it would be this point there, is – if you go statistically and look at the Raiders since 2014, they're number 32 in the league in statistically in combined defense and special teams. Okay, the one year they were sort of average, they went 12 and four with Del Rio. All right, so if you were to put him on a team with the Jets, and let's just say the Jets were top five in that component defense special teams again, like they were this year, they were top five team, certainly top ten. Uh, maybe then you would see with Carr. Uh, may, maybe they would win 10, 11 games, right? So yeah. uh, I, I do think that – I do think Carr has some limitations that will ultimately leave you wanting more. But I think if you have a good defense, he's good enough to win some games and be in the playoffs. Everything you said is logical, rational, makes sense. The numbers back up everything, Mike, that you said. But because it's the Jets – I still just feel it's going to fail, uh, which is based on nothing uh, except for, you know, 50 years of, uh, or 40 years of failure by the Jets beyond a couple of Mark Sanchez years and a Chad Pennington season. Uh, Mike, before I yeah. let you go, as a Giants fan, I have to ask you, what is the proper offer for Daniel Jones? What does it look like where the player is not insulted and the team isn't yeah. fully hamstrung? Okay. So everything's done off of uh, what would this player get uh, over the next two years if he was a franchise player, right? I say the same thing kind of for Geno Smith um, in, in Seattle. These guys who've sort of had checkered careers, but it's looked good lately, and you're not sure what to do, right? You don't want to go over the top. I think you have to give them enough cash in pocket to make it worth their well. So if the franchise tag number is $32 million, you have to give him more than that right now, Okay whatever that is, the guarantees have to be enough of an incentive to go about that. At the same time as a team, you don't want to be locked in like Denver is to Russell Wilson where you can't make a move for three years, right? So I would want something where effectively it's a three-year deal, something like that, where he does get a lot of guaranteed money up front. We're in it for two years. You know, we can't really we, – we would, it would be damaging to our cap to get out after just one year. So he gets a little security, but then we have flexibility if in the third year, let's say we've drafted somebody, want to go in another direction. That's what I'd be looking for, that type of a compromise. And if he doesn't want to do it, then you just franchise tag him. Yep. 
and then we do it all over again. Hey, Mike, I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining the show today. So much going on. Check out the work from The Athletic covering all things Russell Wilson and really every other team in the NFL. Take care, my friend, and we'll chat soon. Hey, thank you. That is Mike Sando from The Athletic.